Put down the devices and open your ears because you have walked into another edition of Mark Talk. I am your host, Mark, and I am here to rant and ramble and scream into the void as I am one to do. But I'm hearing that sometimes you all seem to like it when I do my ramblings. So, hey, you know me. I'm all here for it. I, I, I am your your humble servant when it comes to uh, you, you need some ranting done. You need some uh, some nerd rambles. I'm your man. And, you know, it, it's a very interesting time out there in the nerdosphere. It's been a very interesting time the last, oh, several years. Just in that, with the rise of social media and with everything going on in the world, and then all the things that are coming into the media landscape, it's given everyone a voice, and it's given everyone... uh, things to, uh, it's given everyone, uh, opinions to be expressed, and sometimes it just, uh, it leads to, uh, the very opposite of what social media was built for, which is, uh, social media was built for us to all come together, to connect, to, uh, you know, socialize, so to speak, And yet, social media has, has made us so divisive as people. It's become toxic. Eh. But that's not what you came here for today. I don't want to go into it even though I'm basically opening a big can of worms by even discussing the things that I'm discussing. But here we go. We got some new trailers and that is trailers plural because I was going to talk about what happened last week. Um, but as sometimes things do, especially with me, if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that uh, sometimes I get I get uh, busy. Sometimes things aren't going, uh, not a lot's going on. And then when things are going on, it sometimes it takes me a while because I have to uh, get caught up in everything. I'm so behind on new films I'm so behind on a lot of shows I'm I'm behind on my uh, on my comic reading because I've been busy doing other things and that's okay it's okay to be busy but you know I I I miss get I miss doing the things that I enjoy doing which are uh the the above listed uh things so we did get a trailer last week, and I remember thinking, I gotta talk about that trailer for Star Wars Episode Nine: The La- Rise of Skywalker. I almost, I almost called it The Last Jedi. You know, I wouldn't want to do that. Wouldn't want to utter those words. Ugh, boy. For the record, I enjoyed Last Jedi. Yeah, I said it. I enjoyed it a lot. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm here to talk about the new trailer. For episode nine, the rise of Skywalker. 
And I'm not going to break it down uh, frame by frame because there's really so much going on in this trailer that I don't think I could break it down and do it justice even if I tried. Not without making this uh, an hour and a half to two hour podcast, which is just me today, so I'm not going to do that. If I had a guest with me, it would be a lot easier to do, as uh, as as you all heard from uh, my last episode, which was super fun, and probably going to be doing that again, and uh, you know more on that later. But the rise of Skywalker, I gotta tell you, man, this trailer was crazy, crazy in a good way. It made me feel the emotions that I feel whenever I see something truly epic, whenever I see something that just seems moving. And maybe it was because this was a well-constructed trailer. It made me feel excited. It made me feel uh, sad, emotional. It, it just it made me feel all the things. That's what a trailer is supposed to do. That's what a good trailer is supposed to do. Supposed to get you ready, get you ready and excited for the cinematic adventure you're about to embark on. I remember when uh, <laughs> I said I wasn't going to talk about it, but here we are. I remember when the trailer for Last Jedi dropped, uh, like the last big one. And I was going, man, that looks crazy. That looks awesome. And the rest of the world was thinking, that looks awesome. We're going to get something special. And then the movie dropped and everyone uh, had thoughts. I had my thoughts. Uh, friends of mine have their thoughts. Everyone's got their thoughts on that movie and they think that uh, they think that some sacred th- this thing that they held so sacred was either uh, tarnished or it was not. You know, the, the most common phrase what for The Last Jedi was, well, that's not my Luke Skywalker. And guess what? You're right. Because Luke Skywalker does not belong to you. He never did. It's not your Luke Skywalker. It's not your Star Wars. That's the theme of the movie. The Force does not belong to anyone. The Force is simply something that connects us all. It's symbolic, the movie is. (laughs) No Yoda pun intended there. But it's true. That that ultimately is what Ryan Johnson's trying to say in this movie, I think. He said, look, you can't just expect everything to go the way you want it to. That's almost a direct line in the movie. This big, larger-than-life thing that Star Wars, the 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 saga, the mythos of Star Wars, this what it's become. It, it doesn't. It's it's not yours. It's everybody's collectively. If it belongs to anybody, any single person, it belongs to George Lucas. Whether you love it or not, whether you uh, you know hate, you want to admit it or not. If there's anyone who should claim ownership of it, it's him. He's the only one to to look uh, look upon uh, the spinoffs or the sequels and go, well, that's cool, but that's not my Star Wars. 
And that would be his prerogative. But even he would admit to you that, well, I made a lot of money selling it off, so it's not really even mine anymore. And that's fine. He is the creator, so I would say he still gets more of a say-so on uh, what is and what isn't Star Wars. But you know, but even he admits that it's become so much, so much bigger than even he. It belongs to everybody. And as I said, I enjoyed the Last Jedi. So how do we follow that up? A lot of uh, ups and downs, a lot of a lot of weird twists and turns in that movie. How do we close out the entire saga? And the trailer gives us looks at, uh, of course, Rey. Looks like she's completing her training. She's confronting uh, uh, Kylo Ren again, which, I mean, that that's what this whole new trilogy's been about, is the fact that Kylo and Rey have been brought together by the Force, uh, by circumstance. Nothing is coincidence because... Look, the Jedi and the Sith rise because that uh, when there is balance needed in the Force. Episode 7 is called The Force Awakens because the Force needed rebalance because, well, you had the First Order coming up and tearing shit down. Kylo Ren doing his thing with uh, under the tutelage of, of Supreme Leader Snoke. The Force needed balance, and Luke had already turned his back on uh, on the Jedi. He went into isolation because he just he 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 saw another way. the The only way he saw was that there there should be no way with the Jedi gone. Perhaps that's how we achieve balance. So what happens? Well, enters Ray. Ray is the awakening. That's why she's so damn powerful. The force awakened through her. And so now, now we get the conclusion of what what was Ray's ultimate destiny. And what will be the fate of the Jedi and uh I mean, they're not even the Sith order, so they're not the Sith, but what will become of the light side and the dark side? Now, I don't want to put any too many gambles on uh, Star Wars because I've been wrong before many times. But if I had to bet money, part of me really thinks that Rey and Kylo are both going to just bite the dust because it's the only way. The Jedi can't go on without the dark side rising up and the dark side can't rise to power without the Jedi coming in and thwarting it. Therefore, in order to achieve balance, both have to go. At least, if that's the way you want to understand Star Wars. Me being a casual fan, at best, that's my interpretation. I'm not even going to pretend that I'm an expert, because I'm not. There are uh, legions of other people that will come in and and completely cut me down uh, on that 
uh, proclamation were I to make it. So I'm not even going to even attempt to make it. Casual fan at best, but, but I still understand what I understand. And then maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they neither one of them die. Maybe only one dies. All I can say is this trailer gave us a look that we are in for an epic battle of epic proportions probably all throughout the film. And it looks like we might be saying goodbye to a few of our dear old friends. It, not limited to, but also including C-3PO, who gives us a tear-jerking moment that he's taking one last look at his friends before, I don't know, I guess before he enters battle mode. <laughs> Does 3PO have a battle mode that we didn't know about? Because seems that way. Or maybe he's just connecting himself into a ship. And uh, since he can speak the languages of uh, so many different codes and, and all that, maybe, yeah, 3PO sort of becomes um, a battle droid in a sense. I don't know. Do we get to, do we see R2 enter the fray this time? Uh, does, you know, how, how involved does BB-8 get? If I have to guess, probably a lot. And then, of course, we have, uh, if we it was already confirmed before in the first trailer, but this one's even more confirmation that the Emperor, Emperor Palpatine, he's, uh, in one way or another, he's, he's coming back. As a force ghost, I imagine, maybe it's like a Voldemort thing where he transferred what was left of his spirit into another husk. And so he's not fully there, but he's kind of there. And I keep hearing rumors about, well, this is where they unveil that uh, there are clones. We're getting more clones. We're getting another clone army. And I really hope that's not the case. That's just me. I know people that love the, the the TV show, The Clone Wars, would probably disagree with me. But it's like, well, okay, but we already saw that. We don't need to see that again. Which is contradictory because, you know, a lot of the same beats of this new trilogy, uh, well, a lot of the same beats uh, are, are in this new trilogy that uh, are reprisals from the original. I get it. As George Lucas said, it's it's like poetry. It it rhymes. Like, all right, well, okay. Except for Last Jedi, not a lot of rhyming in that one, and people lost their minds. So, I mean, figure out what you want, people. Figure it out. But I don't think we've seen as there's a shot where we get a ton of ships in the sky or in space going into battle we got you know the millennium falcon we've got uh the ship ghost i believe from rebels uh makes an appearance there's all sorts of ships it, it looks like the most uh the largest amount of ships we've seen in a single shot that's what it looks like i don't recall seeing that many maybe in rogue one there's a comparable amount but it looks fantastic this whole thing looks fantastic, and I'm, I'm just, I for one am ready to see how they conclude it. It's a lot to live up to, uh, and old J.J. Abrams has a lot to live up to for setting this whole thing up in motion. He's notorious for setting up things and letting someone else finish it. 
But now that he's back, he has an obligation to finish what he started. Literally finish what he started with episode seven. And he's got to maneuver around what uh, what Ryan Johnson did in episode eight. Which again, I don't find anything wrong with it. But if it's not uh, the direction JJ might have gone, then he's got to find a way to work around it. But I trust him as a filmmaker, so I, I think he'll find a way. I think it'll be fine. Do I think everyone's going to love this movie? No. There's no there's no possible way, because there are already people that are going to see the movie just to hate it. Just to say that they saw it and, go, and, and find everything wrong with it and pick it apart. And you might, <laughs> you might say, well, Mark, that's just being a critic. Like, well, no, not all of them. You don't... A critic's job is not to go into the film and pick it apart piece by piece to tell you what's wrong with it, but it's it's supposed to analyze it from a uh, you know a a critical point. But you're still supposed to have an emotional connection, and if you don't, well, then you know, then you don't. I can tell you that the younger audience that's going to go see this thing is going to eat it up. And Star Wars have proven that December and Christmas time, that is that is peak Star Wars time. The kids are going to go. They're going to go many times. They're going to tell their friends, and they'll tell their friends. And as, and as much as uh, the adults uh, might be sick of it, they're going to go. Because they got to they gotta know how it's going to end. We might even get my parents to watch them. And they they really don't care about Star Wars. They really don't. But I might even get them to watch it. Just so they can see how the story ends. But it looks fun. And it looks like it might be tragic. And uh, nothing less of action packed. Now you'll notice I said trailers, plural, because we got another one just the other day for the upcoming Disney Plus show, The Mandalorian, Star Wars' first live-action TV show. And my tweet when I, uh, I I retweeted the link, and the only thing I could say after watching this trailer was, y'all, this is a TV show. Because the visuals are stunning. It looks like a movie. Not only that, it looks like a movie that's expensive. It looks like an episode of Star Wars. Made for the cinema. And it's a TV show. So, a lot of, lot of money, a lot of, lot of time, a lot of detail went into this. And there's so much de- there, there's more happening in this trailer than I could even count uh, for Rise of Skywalker. People that are more in tune with the lore of Star Wars are going to watch this trailer and go, Oh my God, I think that's that, and I think that's that over there, and this looks like so-and-so, so-and-so. And evidently what I'm hearing about is the end of the first episode ends not on a spoiler, but it but it answers a question that's been asked through the legacy of Star Wars that's never been answered before. My money's on uh, the fate of Boba Fett. 
if I had to if I had to uh, take a wild guess, and I'm gonna give you a hot take right here that n- probably no one else will tell you. I always found Boba Fett to be kind of a bitch. Yeah, I said it because everyone seemed to be so up Boba Fett's ass. It was like, and I just sat back there and I watched. You mean the guy in Empire that was the bounty hunter? Everyone says, yeah, he's awesome. Okay, in what way? He's just this awesome bounty hunter and he looks cool. Look at his suit. So, because of his suit, he's awesome? Well, yeah, he's uh, he's a legendary bounty hunter. Okay, well, I see none of that. Show me that in the movie. Oh, it's not there? Okay, well, what does he do in Return of the Jedi? Oh, he hangs out in Jabba's hut and just just kind of chills. And then when they uh when Luke and Han are trying to uh escape, Boba Fett gets knocked into the Sarlacc pit pretty pitifully. And this legendary bounty hunter who's supposed to be so badass, everyone keeps talking about, uh he he kind of goes out like a little bitch. I I think he's a little bitch. I think you've uh <laughs> greatly uh, uh, exaggerated his quote-unquote badassness. And I love getting the fanboys riled up with that because they get so, so mad. So mad about (laughs) anyone talking down about Boba Fett. But here's the thing. You can give me all you want, all the crap about, well, you gotta read the books and da-da-da. It's like, no, no, I don't. No, I don't. You know why? Because all those Legends books, whilst some of them are really good I, that I have read, they're not canon. They're not canon. It's It's been established they're not canon. You give me an in-canon book about Boba Fett showing how awesome he is, maybe I'll read it. Maybe I'll change my tune. But it won't change the fact that dude goes out falling into the Sarlacc pit in Return of the Jedi... Like a bitch. I'm sorry, but it's true. Not sorry. Boba Fett's lame. But you know who isn't lame? The Mandalorian. This uh this new character we're about to learn all about. Pedro Pascal playing him. And I wonder if he's going to keep on the helmet the whole time. I don't fully... I can't even go into the plot of this show because I don't really know it. It just looks like... We're picking up a few years after Return of the Jedi. So, the Empire's been destroyed. There there are remnants still left around. But, uh, you know, it, it's all deep cover, deep shadow stuff. And here comes the Mandalorian, who's a bounty hunter. And we're going to follow the adventures of this guy. And he's probably going to be working for people who were once part of the Empire or trying to rebuild the Empire that will inevitably uh, go on to restore the First Order 30 years later. Because as they have established, the First Order is birthed from the remnants of what was left of the Empire. So maybe... We get some cameos, some interesting cameos uh, from characters we've heard about or that we've already seen. We probably won't get anything regarding uh, 
princess slash general Leia. But we might hear about it. We might hear about what Luke Skywalker and Han Solo are up to. We may even get us get to see a glimpse of the Millennium Falcon at one point, maybe. But I am more interested to learn more about this Mandalorian. And Carl Weathers. They got Carl Weathers in this show. I'm excited to see what he does. But this trailer was just, in my opinion, just as epic as the last... Or I did it again. Just as epic as the Rise of Skywalker trailer. In that I don't know the story, but the visuals look incredible. It looks like it's going to be high action, uh, a lot of drama, and there's some there's some mystery and intrigue involved. And I'm just I'm just excited. I've never been more excited about anything Star Wars related ever. You know, I was excited when the first uh, when the Force Awakens came out, or when it was when it was on its way. But I was still kind of just, yeah, all right, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm not fully aboard the Star Wars train because the prequels burned me so bad. But we'll see. And then uh, when Rogue One became a thing, I, get, I went, ah, now this, this looks awesome. And it was. So then I got back into it. I said, okay, now I'm, are you, you're getting me back on board. And I've, and I've read some of the, uh, the in-canon uh, Marvel comics of Star Wars stories, uh, especially the Darth Vader stuff. It's really good. I said, okay, you're starting to get me. You're starting to get me back into it. Last Jedi I loved. Solo, not so much. It's fine, but I, I said, we didn't need this. Probably would have worked better as a uh, miniseries on Disney+, Plus, which they should have just waited to do that, but what do you do? Nevertheless, The Mandalorian looks fantastic. And it's being run by Jon Favreau, who's already proven himself with the Marvel stuff and with the other Disney properties. He's a massive Star Wars fan. He's bringing in uh, other massive Star Wars fans like Taika Waititi, uh, the Russo brothers. Hell, even Bryce Dallas Howard's getting in on this as a director. Dave Filoni, who, uh, if you don't know him, he runs, uh, he, he's, he's been the guy behind Star Wars Rebels and the Clone Wars shows, which have been very, very popular and successful. That guy knows Star Wars just as much as George Lucas. Like, he's the guy. He's the, he's the guy you want involved. So this is exciting. It's exciting. It's an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan. I hope this works. I really do, because I, I I want I want Star Wars to succeed. You know, and that's not even my universe. Like that's not even uh, <laughs> because it doesn't belong to me. But I'm saying like the realm of geekdom, where I put myself at. Oh, that's the stuff that I know. It's not Star Wars for me. Like I said, casual fan at best. My things are the the Marvel DC stuff. That's that's my thing. That's the thing where I fall into. Uh, Harry Potter. You know, that's the thing I fall into. I like Star Wars. I like Star Trek. But those aren't the universes that I'm just so like deeply, 
deeply enriched in. Not to say I don't like it. I'm just, uh, it's just not, uh, I'm just, I'm just not, not there yet. But I'm excited for it. It's a fun time. This is a fun time. I'm going to look at this. I'm taking the, uh, (laughs) uh, uncharacteristically, uh, optimistic approach. I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm excited for the future of Star Wars. I'm excited for the rise of Skywalker. Very excited for the Mandalorian. And when the Obi-Wan show hits, I'll be excited for that too. When they drop a trailer for that one, we'll talk about it. Uh, when the Mandalorian hits in about, what, a week or two, something like that, it's, uh, it's supposed to drop with the Disney Plus app or shortly after, which I will be getting because I have to. We will talk about it. Make no mistake about that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about some other news that kind of just broke the other day. Maybe, uh, you know, some shocking news, some not so shocking. And yes, it is going to be within the realm of a song of ice and fire. Hint, hint. Welcome back to Mark Talk. And now we get into, uh, well, we already got into the nitty gritty of it, but hey, special, uh, special edition Mark Talk, uh, where I get to, uh, add some more thoughts because of, uh, recent news developments. Actually, the show was supposed to, uh, already end, but as I said, we're, we're going to take a break. Because we got stuff to talk about in the world of ice and fire. That's right. You cannot escape it. I cannot escape it. I don't want to escape it. I'm going to keep talking about this world as long as there is still stuff to talk about. Now, bittersweet, much like the ending to uh, the series, uh, much like we are told, the ending of the book series... um, as I said, if you really hated the ending of the show, you're probably really going to hate how the books end, if you're even a book reader. That aside, good news and bad news, and we'll start with the bad news first. Uh, the bad news, the first uh, spinoff show uh, that the working title, Blood Moon, which pretty sure wasn't going to be the title of the show anyway, it, starring uh, Naomi Watts. It does not matter because HBO has officially decided to not give that show the go-ahead after the pilot was filmed. And that sucks. This show uh, was supposed to take place thousands of years before the events of Game of Thrones Season 1. It would detail, uh, most notably, the event known as the Long Night, which is the, uh, the rise of the White Walkers across Westeros. How they spent uh, uh, the people, the first men and the the children, had to band together to fight the White Walkers and fight them back north and put up the wall. Uh, 
Ideally, this was going to take place during the time of the Age of Heroes, so we could have seen things like uh, Lan the Clever and his rise to prominence and founding House Lannister at Casterly Rock. Uh, we probably would have seen the Storm King and uh, how he built the, the Castle of Storm's End. And uh, the story behind that, Bran the Builder, we probably would have seen or we would have gotten something from it. All that null and void because we are not getting that show. It has been uh, canceled before it could begin. I'm not happy about it. Not really. Because I'm one of these blokes that want to see all of uh, the possible stories come to life on screen. I want to see all of it. Because I love Game of Thrones. I've, if you've tuned into the show, you know how much I harp on it. And yes, I enjoyed Season 8. I think Season 8 is good, actually. It's shorter than I would like. Rushed? Eh, that's up for debate. But I like it. I like what we got. And uh, recently it was made, uh, uh, it was suggested that try watching Season 7 and 8 together. Almost as if it's one big season. And I'm going to try that for the next rewatch because I think there's something to that. I think it would flow a lot easier. But all that to say, uh, the uh, working titled Blood Moon prequel show uh, detailing the long night is not happening. And that is a bummer. But then right on the heels of that news, HBO said, you know what? We're not going through with that one, but we are going ahead and we're ordering a full series for the new show entitled House of the Dragon. You guessed it. If you tuned in uh, to my show uh, in the previous episode, myself and my buddy Thomas Rissling over at Ruminations Podcast, he and I went into the nitty-gritty of the what was then a rumor it was, a, it was announced that there was a Targaryen show in development that was going to be uh, based on the book Fire and Blood, which chronicles the uh, rise of the Targaryen dynasty. And it looks like HBO decided, yeah, we're going to throw all, all our chips into that one in a new show entitled House of the Dragon. So there you go, people. You get some dragons. You're gonna see some dragons. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be up to your eyeballs and dragons. And I don't want to hear any bitching out of any of you. That came across as really uh, uh, passive aggressive or or just uh, just aggressive, I guess. So I'm, I apologize. I just I work. I'm I'm kind of I'm frustrated. Because I wanted to see both these shows, the, both vastly different shows that were going to chronicle very different times within the realm. This realm that I really enjoy. The, I enjoy the stories. And I just wanted to see it. But now I only get one. And I'm happy with it. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. When this uh, rumor was announced that they were going to do a uh, Fire and Blood based series... I got excited. So excited I did a whole episode with a guest. Obviously, you know I'm in for it. 
But I just feel like they're making the the choice to do this show for the wrong reasons. They're thinking, well, if it's one thing we know, it's that uh, the mass audience wants to see dragons. And uh, I say, why not just have a show where we chronicle all the dragons? And that's fine, I guess. It's fine. But I don't know. I, I, I feel like with if you have that mindset for a show like Fire and Blood, then chances are you're, you're going to substitute style over substance. You know, Fire and Blood has some great stories and some great characters, uh, all of which are really hard to keep track of because they all either have the same name or it's just there's too many. There's just too many. The Targaryens breed, and they breed wildly, and they're all over the place in the early days. It's kind of hard to uh, to imagine that when you are so used to the series that we know, in which there are literally no Targaryens, but, but the one, or the occasional second. But for this series, you're going to be up to your eyeballs in Targaryens and dragons, very much, uh, you, you might even potentially get to see the birth of the eggs that would later become Daenerys's dragons. You might get to see that. If I were a gambling man, which in this case I might be, I'd, I'd place a lot of bets and see that uh, you would, <laughs> one of the biggest Easter eggs you'll get out of this show our eggs those specific eggs so we'll see but this does mean that we're going to get Aegon's conquest i mean you're not you're not going to do a fire and blood show based on the targaryen dynasty without showing how the targaryens rose to power if i had to take a wild guess i would say season 1 is going to be nothing but the conquest or well we'll do we'll do a we'll do a coin toss here i flip a coin heads heads says season 1 is the conquest of aegon the his first initial conquest of westeros or tails season 1 details the targaryens and the uh I believe it's the uh, I believe it's the Valerias or you know the other the other house from old Valeria that managed to get away from the doom. So we might get to see the Targaryens as they leave old Valeria to escape the doom, arrive at Westeros and we end season 1 with Aegon making the decision uh or planning his conquest. Maybe the final words are, shall we begin? And then season two, you get the conquest. So I'm placing my bets on one or two of those things. We're either getting full conquest in season one, or we're getting the, uh, the setup to the conquest. But we get a, uh, full 10 episodes. That's what HBO's ordered. But herein lies the rub. You're only going to get it 
on the HBO Max service. That's the new streaming service, HBO Max. Uh, it's gonna. They're basically putting all of their chips into that. And there's a lot of new content that they've got planned. There's a lot of content that's already out that are going to be absorbed. And you're only going to be able to stream it there. So, all us Rick and Morty and South Park fans are going to have to uh, keep your Hulu. But don't be shocked when you don't see some of your favorite shows there anymore. Because HBO Max is, is absorbing it. That's the way it goes sometimes. Um, but if you have HBO Go or HBO Now, you might want to cancel that uh, ahead of time because, um, you know, you're going to want to get HBO Max. If you have if you have one, you're not going to get the other. You're just going to have to cancel one to get the other, the bigger thing. And this show is probably going to take a while. It's probably going to take a while to get done, uh, to get written. Uh, we, we, we spoke on the last episode that uh, there, is a, there is a Bible. There is, uh, there's a lot of details going into the show. They already know, I guess, where they want to take the season. Now just comes writing the scripts. Uh, I believe uh, Ryan Condal is his name, the uh, the man that's going to be the uh, the showrunner of this thing, along with consultation with George R. R. Martin. And yeah, no word on exactly uh, pre- the precise dates of when we're getting the show. Like I said, it's probably going to be a while. This this is going to be a huge undertaking, and they had just finished. Uh, they had just finished up a pilot for a show they're not even going forward with. But if I had to really take a wild guess, I would say there's a good chance that if House of the Dragon manages to succeed even just a little bit, they may revive the Blood Moon pilot. They may revive the whole and give that show a full order and go, you know what? To hell with it. Let's let's try it. If all goes well, I think they may try again. And it sounds like a lot of work went into making this pilot, and a lot of work went into making what this show could be. So I say to HBO, don't just toss it. Keep it. Give it another shot. And maybe I'm just saying that as a biased fan that I just want to see I just want to see it all. I want to see all of it. Give me all the content. Especially where Westeros is concerned. I want to see that. I want to see a, a Dunkin' Egg spinoff series or a series of movies. I want to see the Targaryen Dynasty show. I want to see the Age of Heroes show. I want to see it all. Give it to me. So there we have it. Lots of things to look forward to. Lots of things in the uh, in the ether of uh, of Star Wars and Game of Thrones. Somewhat related because of uh, Dan Weiss and uh, David Benioff leaving the Star Wars uh, world, or the Lucasfilm production, and going off to oblige their Netflix deal. 
A lot of people have been, a lot of trolls been running rampant with that, which just has absolutely driven me legit mad. And I just, I can't talk about that anymore. I just can't. I can't talk about it because at some point you just become uh, uh, a broken record ticking time bomb. You know, and if, and and at one point I'm just going to scream at people, but I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to do it. So I'm not going to go into it. It doesn't matter. What's done is done. Just like Blood Moon not being a thing anymore for now. What's done is done. Now we have House of the Dragon to look forward to. And believe you me, if they are adapting the Fire and Blood book slash books that, you know, we're going to get another volume. Uh, If they're adapting that, based on what I've read in that book, which I've read it all, it's going to be spectacular. And it could go on for, you know, as many seasons as they, as they want. And Game of, you know, HBO has certainly, uh, they're, they're definitely in the, in the business of George R.R. R. Martin's world. That's why I'm not totally giving up on the, the Blood Moon show. Not giving up on it. I think there's a chance it can come back, as I said. So you shouldn't give up either, if you care. Some of you out there do. You're like me. You want it all. You want to see all of it. I am with you. And now we begin the waiting game. And we speculate. And we fan cast. That'll be fun. And that will do it for this edition of Mark Talk. And I'm glad I waited. I'm glad I waited to talk about all that, you know, in in, in one episode as opposed to uh, separating it. You know, even if you're if you happen to enjoy my content and you just you want it to come out more consistently, I understand. Believe you me, I get it and I'm working on it. And speaking of working on it, I'm also working on other things as well. There's a new podcast. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and promote it now. Uh, it'll be arriving soon called The Viking Saga, in which myself and my guest from last time, Thomas Risling, we are doing a Vikings recap show to lead up to the new season. If you're a fan of Vikings and you want to do a deep dive, then you definitely need to be tuning in to this show. It will be up very, very soon, I promise you. And let me tell you, we've already recorded an episode, and it is so much fun. I, I, I'm I, actually quite, uh, I was I was delighted to be asked to be on this, uh, to do this show with, with Thomas, and we have some very fun stuff in store for you. It's going to be a long ride, though, because we've got a lot to cover in order to be ready for the new season when it arrives. So it's uh, if you want to complain about cons- consistent posts, well, fret not, because it's going to get crazy here soon. So be sure to check into that. The Viking Saga coming soon, very, very soon. You can also check me out at the Movie Trivia Face-Off, where I am a competitor, Mark the Maniac, and I'm basically kicking ass in all the movie trivia forms. I believe there's going to be some really fun, interesting themed 
matches that I've participated in. You can check me out there. You can also check me out over at Multiplex Entertainment Full Metal Trivia where I'm doing the same thing and I'm just movie trivia playing movie trivia, demonstrating my knowledge. Make sure you go over there. Make sure you support the leagues. If you like movie trivia and you like the theatrics of pro wrestling, you're going to love what we're doing over there. And as always, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at MarkTheBat. Also on Instagram at MarkTalkPodcast. But I'm, 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 you're going to want to follow my primary one because I'm more responsive on there. It's, you know, it's just the way it goes. So with that being said, good talk and good day.